Welcome everyone to another episode of Ask Anarchan. This is a podcast series where we discuss a topic relating to the science that we do here at Natural Resources Canada, or Anarchan for short. So what we do is we introduce a topic, we discuss it with one of our Anarchan experts, and then we look to you to continue the conversation over social media. At the end of the episode, if you have any questions on today's topic, we strongly encourage you to go on Twitter and tweet at us using the hashtag AskNRCAN. Our experts will do his or her best to answer all relevant questions. Sounds good? Okay, on with the show. In our last episode, we talked about pipelines in Canada. And it was mentioned that NRCAN is involved in pipelines-related research. So today, we're going to dive deeper into that subject. NRCAN has multiple laboratories across the country that work on a variety of research linked to natural resources. Everything from explosives testing to um, energy research and development. Uh, two of these labs, one in Hamilton and one in Calgary, are conducting research that focuses on advanced materials for pipeline use. Joining us today is Philippe Dauphin, Director General of CanVet Materials. Philippe, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks, Joël. It's a pleasure to be talking about uh, pipeline safety and materials for pipelines. So m my first question to you is, why is pipelines materials research necessary? Um, from what I've read, um, and this is something that I'm quoting here from, from our, our website, 99.999% of oil transported over federally regulated pipelines move safely. So I guess my question is, why do we need this type of research? Yeah, and the first thing I'd like to do is put the 99.999% percent in perspective. 99.999% uh, means you would have a five-minute power outage in one year. So for 1.4 billion barrels, that's the quantity of oil that's transported in Canada, uh, less than 400 barrels are spilled in a year. And that can be in a variety of um, events. Now, because you have a good track record doesn't mean you should be stopping. And an example I'd like to use, and I like to use in, in my day-to-day -day life, is that of seat belts in cars. Um, seat belts have been saving lives for years and years, and yet automakers keep doing research to build better seat belt systems with pretensioning and more airbags and saving even more lives. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing more research on materials for pipelines. Perfect. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so. How does um, Canada Materials uh, specifically contribute to pipeline safety through the research that you do? Well, we have three main objectives. The, the first objective is to develop new materials and new technologies to make pipelines safe. So for instance, we can develop um, line pipe steels, so steels that are used to make uh, pipelines um, that are high toughness, so they can uh, resist fracture uh, more readily. And uh, with pipelines that are going to be transporting more material, uh, they can withstand those higher pressures that they're going to be operating at. There are also uh, strategies to deal with corrosion and cracking issues, which are the main reasons why pipelines fail. And finally, optimal design for pipelines that uh, may encounter ground movement. Um, you may have uh, heard of freeze-thaw. Uh, that's the cause for potholes on roads or for your fence to, to be popping out of the ground. Well, imagine the ground moving around a pipeline and uh, then putting a bend into it. So you want to have materials that will resist those movements in the ground as the frost and the thaw cycles occur year after year. 
Mm -hmm. The second uh, main objective that we have is to provide unbiased and scientifically credible information for regulatory organizations. So from time to time, the National Energy Board will touch base with us and ask us uh, about a technical issue they've, they've dealt with, um, or we will suggest a new standard that they could uh, apply to, to help make pipelines safer. The third one uh, is a bit related to this one, um, and it is uh, to enhance the public confidence in our energy infrastructure. So to reassure the public that pipelines are being operated safely and that we're doing all we can to keep making them safe and even safer in the future. Fair enough. Um, CanMet Materials has been around since, what, the 1940s? Um, what, have, what are some of the uh, major accomplishments from your lab? So in, in pipelines, uh, we've developed new standards uh, and modified existing standards. One example is called the crack tip opening angle standard. Um, it assesses the fracture toughness of steel. Big words, but what it means is that when a fracture um, starts opening in a gas pipeline, uh, if the steel is not tough enough, the fracture could run for hundreds of meters at very high speeds. And so fracture toughness is a measure of how the steel itself is able to stop the progression of that fracture. And the crack tip opening angle test is now recognized internationally by the American Society for Testing and Materials as the standard to assess that fracture toughness. Um, and it's a cost effective way for labs to measure uh, the fracture toughness on those steels. Another one is a test that's called a, the, the maximum flaw size um, in welds. So, so uh, when a pipeline is welded, uh, there will be defects in the weld, flaws. And uh, when they're small enough, they will not affect the performance of the pipeline. But we have to determine from engineering standards when a flaw is just too big for it to be tolerable and to be left there. And so we've developed a, uh, a, an engineering method to assess when a, when a flaw is too big and then the weld would have to be re, uh, redone. The third one that I'd like to uh, attract your attention to is a standard on field applied coatings. So um, all pipelines um, are buried in the ground and when the, the, the pipe is produced, um, it is coated with something to protect the outside from corrosion. But when uh, you assemble the pipeline in the field, the, the sections that you weld cannot be coated. So uh, people weld those sections together and after that will field apply a coating. And we have to know that the coating that's selected will be compatible with the coating that was applied in plant and also with the steel that is in the field so that the coating uh, forms a tough barrier against water and the, and the elements, uh, thus protecting the, the pipeline. Well, that, that's very interesting research. Um, what's next for your team going forward? Well, we need to continue improving um, all the time and develop and implement the best technologies available to make our pipeline infrastructure safe. One of the things we need to do is learn uh, when there is a failure learn from it, what were the causes so that we can develop better materials, better uh, production methods, 
better management methods uh, so that we avoid um, a similar rupture in the future. There's also still 22,000 kilometers of the 73,000 kilometers of federally regulated pipelines that are older than 30 years old. So we need to learn how to continually improve how we assess the safety of these pipelines so that they can continue to operate. Uh, and typically, a pipeline should operate for 50, even 75 years. And finally, we need to understand uh, issues and challenges that the industry faces and develop new solutions. And that will all contribute to better decision making by making sure that regulators and the government have the best available technology on which to base decisions. Well, thank you, Philip, for taking the time to sit down with us and shed some light on this topic. We really appreciate it. Now is the point of the episode where we ask you to continue the conversation over social media. If you have any questions for Philip, or if you have comments on this episode, we'd like you to get on Twitter and tweet at us using the hashtag AskNRCAN. Also, if you're interested in learning more about this subject, we encourage you to visit our Science at NRCAN website at www.nrcan.gc.ca slash science slash home and look for the article on pipeline research. We'll have links available to any relevant material. And while you're there, take the time to browse our site. We have tons of interesting information for you. We have previous podcast episodes, articles, scientist profiles, and we even have our Science at Work video series that showcases the science that we do here at NRCAN and the impact that it has on the lives of Canadians. Well, this concludes this episode of Ask NRCAN. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.